Hey guys, I want to welcome you all to our very first episode of Geeky Science here on geekyvoyage.com. So essentially what I'm going to be doing is just breaking down different sci-fi shows that I like and uh, seeing what kind of science reality they're based in. Everything from philosophy to geometry. So the first show that I'm going to be talking about is Winona Earp. If you haven't watched Winona Earp, the show is about Wyatt Earp's descendant, Winona, who is fighting all of these revenants who are demons that came back to life that Wyatt killed at some point in his life. The Earp family heirs have been fighting these revenants ever since Wyatt killed them the first time. It's a great show. If you haven't watched it, it's premiering June 9th, so if, and that's the second season. So if you haven't watched the first season, go watch it. It's on Netflix. Binge it, and then watch it when it comes back on air on June 9th. So there are a lot of things surrounding Winona Earp that I really wanted to talk about, but I'm only going to have time for a few today, and I'll hit the next few topics next time. The first main thing I wanted to speak about was the topic of reincarnation. So the whole show essentially is about these demons coming back to life. Now these demons at one point were humans that Wyatt Earp had killed for various reasons. Some of them just got caught up in the gunfire. Some of them were truly evil. But no matter what, they go to hell, and then they come back, and they keep doing that over and over again. And the goal is for one of the Earp descendants to kill all of them, and then apparently this curse will be broken. So the definition of reincarnation is the rebirth of a soul in a new body. And the two major religions, Christianity and Islam, both uh, discount the idea of reincarnation. They do not believe in this at all for whatever reason. So a few of the revenants were actually real people, most notably Jim Miller, the episode Killer Miller, where Waverly realizes it's him because he gets shot in the chest and there's a metallic ting. That's actually true. There was an outlaw named Jim Miller, and he did wear a metallic vest. And um, eventually when he was killed, they lynched him, I think, and hung him. But So this is just one reference that Winona Earp makes to reality. A couple of the other revenants that aren't really seen were also real people are named Cole Younger and Henry Starr. Again, all outlaws um, that were probably used, the basis was probably used to create these characters. So when it comes to reincarnation and when it comes to really life in general, our bodies, our biology is constantly changing as we grow, our biology shifts and change. However, our consciousness and our idea of who we are, our sense of self never changes. So that is one thing that makes reincarnation very interesting because we have this concept where our conscious is almost a separate entity that science doesn't really know anything about. And I think that's one of the things that makes reincarnation so fascinating. There is actually a psychologist, he's kind of the renowned person who looks into the scientific aspects of reincarnation, but his name is Jim B. Tucker, and he's a psychologist at the University of Virginia. And for years, he has been studying uh, reincarnation stories in children. Now, what's very fascinating about reincarnation is that a lot of times it's children that are the ones who can remember their past lives and adults and people older than say five don't really remember any of it. So Jim Tucker has been uh, studying this phenomenon 
And he's been basically getting stories and things like that from children who think that they had past lives. And he's taking the facts and applying them to uh, actual people and looking into history to see if these match. So it's important to note that every single human goes through something called childhood amnesia by about the time we reach five, give or take a little bit, depending on uh, your, your cognitive development. So when this happens, we essentially forget everything that happened to us before then. And now a lot of people have different ideas of why this happens. For instance, Freud thought, as Freud always thinks, it had to do something with, uh, had something to do with psychosexual trauma. So essentially it was us experiencing some kind of trauma when we were young and then our mind erased it in the future. Some people think that it's just because our new neurons are replacing old ones. However, what if this childhood amnesia occurs because we actually remember our past lives? What if we are reincarnated and our young selves remember this process and remember our past, and for whatever reason, at a certain point, it's erased from us so that we don't know anymore? There is a little bit of proof to this theory. So as t um, Jim Tucker has been doing all of this research, one boy in particular stood out, and there have been actually many cases like this boy, but this one boy, his name is James Leininger. He, when he was two years old, started having night terrors about being in a plane crash. Now, as a two-year-old, you're not really exposed to those ideas very often. Sure, you could make the argument that he was watching his dad, or maybe his dad was watching some kind of war show, and that's where he got it from or something like that. However, it gets weirder. Not only did he start having these terrors and being and remembering being a pilot, he remembered very specific things. For instance, he remembered two other pilots by the names of Bob Greenwald and Jack Larson. And Jim Tucker verified that these people were real people. He verified the location. James Leininger said the location. He also knew the name of the boat that his plane launched off of, and it was called Natoma. So essentially, this boy, between two and four years old, said that he knew all of these things that, if we're thinking reasonably and rationally here, are statistically very unlikely for him to just guess or even be exposed to at that age. Uh, the weirdest part about it, so at a certain age, when he was three, he started writing his name and if you know anything about child development, most three-year-olds do not know how to write their names. They don't know letters, much less their names. James would write his name as James Three. When they asked him why he wrote his name this way, he would say because he was the third James. So when they were looking into the past of this person that they thought might be real that he was describing, the man's name is actually James Hudson Jr., so if he was a junior, his dad was the first, James Hudson was the second, and James Leininger would be the third. So that's one interesting thing that Winona Earp touches on. But the, the main difference here is that we're just talking about normal people. These demons, these revenants, were normal people until they went to hell. There is a little bit of interesting science behind the idea of hell. So most of what we know with the brimstone and fire and things like that come from Dante's uh, Inferno. So he is the one who describes a lot of what we think of when we think of hell. 
Uh, that being said, the Bible does touch on a few things, such as uh, the lake of fire and things like that, that indicate heat and hotness. So hell is this idea that's present in many religions. Essentially, it's where bad people go and you are suffered or you suffer, you're tortured for eternity after you go there because you didn't follow your God for whatever or however reason. Again, all of the revenants in Winona Earp are said to come straight from hell and they go back. That's how she uh, is breaking the curse is she shoots them and then they go back to hell. So... In the Bible, Matthew 12:40 states that hell is located in quote unquote the heart of the earth. This was written well before man knew anything about magma being beneath Earth's crust. At that point, they essentially, well, sometimes some people thought it was flat, some people thought it was hollow, some people thought it was just solid rock. This no matter what, whether this was written by man or truly driven by a divine entity, saying that it was in the heart of the earth and then describing it as being hot and things like that, that's interesting because it's almost indicative that of the fact that this person, whoever wrote it, whether the divine being or the human, knew that underneath earth's crust was hot. And how could you guess that without science? Because if you, when we're just living every day on the surface of the earth, it feels cool. You wouldn't ever think that just drilling down into it would get hotter and hotter and hotter. So that's one thing that's kind of cool uh, in regards to that. The Bible says that hell itself, so now we get the idea that the revenants are from hell, but I have an argument here because we get the, or excuse me, the Bible says that the uh, that hell is just a waiting area. This is where you get your grand judgment. You're just kind of hanging out there. Sure, it's terrible and you get tortured and it's painful, but it's not your final resting place. They say that your final resting place, and this is referenced many times in the Bible, is the lake of fire. What if the revenants come from the lake of fire? Perhaps they've already been judged and are resting in the lake of fire. They already went through hell. So now that's something interesting to think about too. When they die, if they are in the lake of fire, do they first go through hell every single time as a judgment and then back to the lake of fire? And if that is true, do they have the option of changing their behavior, being judged differently, and getting sent to a different outcome? The only thing that kind of makes me think they might be in the lake of fire is the fact that whenever they die, the ground opens into these massive flames and they just kind of get sucked down into it. But it could also be argued that that is hell because the idea is that hell is kind of near Earth's core. And if we're just opening up the surface, well, maybe that's where they're going straight down to hell. There is one pastor who has the idea and it's it's kind of I mean, it has a little bit of basis in reality, but he has the idea that <clears throat> everything that the lake of fire is real and we can see it. And he thinks that it's the sun and he thinks this because, one, God mentions, or excuse me, one of the characters in the Bible mentions seeing the corpses and those damned to eternity. And two, he says that God is always honest with us. So basically, he is not trying to lie or deceive us when we, if we were to go to hell, like a revenant, for instance, God would be there and we would be like, what is going on? I did not know this even existed. And God is basically saying, well, the, the sun is there. I put it there so you could see it. And yes, it's real.
And this pastor essentially just thinks that because of that, and also because it has plasma rain, and where there is rain, there can also be a lake. So that is pretty cool to think about. And uh, on that note, NASA is about to make a big announcement about a mission that they're doing to get closer to the sun than they ever have before. And who knows, maybe we'll start to hear uh, thousands of people screaming simultaneously, even though we'll only be about 4 million miles away from it. <laughs> maybe we still will find, we'll hear something like that. Probably not, but it's still cool that NASA is going to investigate that uh, and knowing that some people think that that may be the lake of fire itself. So now, going back from the revenants getting sucked from one dimension to another, let's talk a little bit about interdimensional travel. So as far as I am con concerned, the revenants actually do interdimensional travel all the time. Whether this is from hell to our world or whether it simply is different dimensions, I guess we don't really know, but it's all kind of the same concept. Now, humans definitely haven't uh, discovered interdimensional travel or how to master it or if it's even possible. But if we ever did, it's very likely that we would be non-biological at that point. So when you think about this, you think generally that this would mean artificial intelligence or cyborgs or something like that. However, the revenants used to be human and they are not anymore. So this is another form of being non-biological that would maybe make it possible for interdimensional travel to happen. The most likely method of this type of travel would be something called a wormhole. The idea of a wormhole, essentially, picture an ant walking across an entire pizza. It's going to be a long walk for that ant to go from one side of the pizza to the other. However, if you simply fold the pizza in half and let the ant walk through, he will be from one side to another in seconds. And that is the idea of a wormhole. We would warp reality and then kind of bend it and go through it. Instead of just taking the, the line path that you normally would, you would bend that line and just go right through it. So that maybe is how the revenants come back to Earth every time is through a wormhole. The idea of multiple universes is supported by a lot of mathematical fact, actually, and it's mostly quantum mechanics. Uh, there's a lot of theories that quantum mechanics uses to, exp to try to explain how our dimensions work, such as multi uh, excuse me, such as many worlds theory or multiverse theory. And in this, they're saying that every possible outcome exists. Every time any uh, living things interact with each other or cells interact with each other, a decision is made and an outcome is made. And there is a universe for every single outcome that happens. So let's say that one day you're trying to decide if you want to drink orange juice or water. Well, you picked water, and this is your world, and this is your universe. Well, there, the outcome also happened where you picked orange juice, and that is a different universe, and that is a different world. So that is called either many worlds or multiverse theory. We also have the string theory, which is very similar, but also tries to explain Genesis and the Big Bang and how life was created to begin with. And the idea behind string theory creating the world was that it was two universes interacting or colliding that created this. Now, let me remind you that none of these have been substantiated, and it's simply because they haven't been tested. It's not with it's not outside of the realm of reason to think that somebody might test these in the future and we could get a good idea if they are realistic or not realistic. 
The revenants are stuck in something called the Ghost River Triangle. And the only uh, thing that I thought was cool about that was that the triangle is the strongest shape in nature. So if you were going to pick a shape to contain evil beings, I would say that a triangle would probably be a pretty good choice. So I thought that was really cool on them to add that in there. Moving on to why the, her the homestead, the herb homestead, is protected is due to a mineral called amylite. So we have the triangle, which is one form of protection and also imprisonment. And then we have the amylite, which is something that it, basically it's uh, deposits of a mineral that is on the herb homestead. And it's actually also possible that Peacemaker, the gun that Winona uses, is forged from amylite and steel, considering how amylite affects the revenants. Amylite is this really cool iridescent mineral that forms on the outside of ammonite shells, which is an ancient mollusk. The ancient Egyptian and Roman societies used amylite for deep meditative states and to invoke prophetic dreams. They believed that it would help one decide the correct path. Say you were trying to, you were facing a tough decision in life. They would use amylite to try to help you decide which one was the right way to go. Uh, this actually also rings true with Winona because she didn't know what she wanted to do with herself, whether she wanted to fulfill her destiny as an heir or whether she just kind of wanted to book it and not have any part of it. So that is a very cool connection between those two things. The mineral is also said to radiate positive energy and bring luck and prosperity. This could possibly be why it keeps revenants away. Revenants bad, amylite positive, clash. So, I mean, that's, I wonder, I almost wonder if the creators of the show looked into these ideas about Amelite, because it does, all of it does seem to connect pretty well with the show itself. Um, and lastly, Amelite is said to have the ability to increase the power of magic spells and prayers. So, whoever, when the, when the Earp homestead was created and when this amylite was used, perhaps they decided to do that because it was used in conjunction with a spell or a prayer that would be protective of the people who were on that property and uh, Wyatt Earp's descendants. So, I'm going to keep it relatively short for today. That is all I'm going to touch on this time. Like I said, this is this is not all the stuff I want to talk about in regards to Winona Earp. Next time I speak about Winona Earp, I want to go over things like possession, karma, immortality, and astral projection. I may do another a couple of other shows in between them, but just know that I am planning on talking about those subjects in regards to Winona Earp in the future. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. And I just want to thank Madi again for inviting me to be a part of this website. And please come and visit us over at geekyvoyage.com. And you will hear from me more often. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed this. And I hope you guys have a good one. Thanks for listening.